Welcome to the Conquer Food Podcast, where we teach you to think, eat and move better every week in order that you may beat your food or sugar addiction and be happier in life. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to this next episode of the Kong Food Program. Um, I've got Paula here. Paula, say hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> and uh, and obviously myself, Craig, um, the two founders of the Kong Food Program. In this podcast, in this episode, we really want to talk about the first section of the Kong Food Program, and that is, you know, Paula spends a lot of time teaching the Kong Foodies to live positively. And you might think, well, how is that relevant? Um, so, Paula, in, in your own words, you know, why is it important for for the conquer foodies to be to be positive, to live positively? It's important for everybody to live positively, not just the conquer foodies, but but everybody. Because when we live positively, when we live with our glass half full rather than half empty, the choices that we make for ourselves change dramatically. Um, life just becomes so much bigger and so much fuller. Um, we live, and this is a thing for, for another podcast actually, but we live on cause rather than, than effect. So we, we're, we're not life's victims anymore. We're taking control of our own life. We become the masters of, of our own destiny, basically. Um, we could have a whole podcast just on that, but that's, that's the importance really. So everything else in life becomes easier when you take responsibility for being positive. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so we're going to sort of split this podcast down into into four main areas, uh, three main sections, but we're going to split it into four sort of areas. First of all, we're going to talk to you about a process in the brain that we call the RAS. Um, and then and then we're going to we're going to split down the like, three individual sections on on positivity. And in that there'll be tips and tricks on how to start to live a bit more positive um so so first of all raz so you know what is it well in effect raz is very much like your google search bar and um, you know imagine going to the internet and typing in something like a monkey trying to hump a football okay so something quite bizarre what google will do is it will go off and find all the evidence that supports that search so for example you know if you typed in really happy things it will go off and find really happy things and give you all the videos, pictures, blog posts, websites to do with really happy things. If you typed in evidence that my life is crap, what's the Google search bar going to go and find? It's going to go and find all the ways that your life is crap and everybody's got it. You know, everyone's got problems. Everyone's got things in their life that they would change tomorrow and, you know, everything, everybody's got things that get them down from time to time. Um, the difference is it's what you bring into your awareness. So the RAS, it stands for Reticular Activating System. It's a tiny part of the brain. Um, you could, you know, go to YouTube and type in RAS and you'll find out exactly where it is and how it functions and all this kind of stuff. But basically, you know, it's the thing that, that brings information that we receive throughout the world and it can be over 2 billion, 2 million bits of information that we're receiving at any one time. Um, but the conscious mind can only process a certain amount, a very, very small amount, between 7 and 14. The subconscious mind is actually receiving it all, but we're not aware of that. Uh, Paul, you look like you say you're going to jump in. Yeah, yeah, I just want to jump in and, and say, um, how, how do we activate our Google search bar? You know, how does this help us on a, on a hourly, 
daily daily basis. How does this help us to change change our life? Well, our Google search bar is activated by what we focus on the most. So if you were to take your daily language and live consciously, and what I mean by that is listen to what you're saying to yourself on a daily basis, this is what activates your Google search bar. So if you are telling yourself on a daily basis, I'm unworthy, I'm rubbish, I'm too fat, I'm not good enough, and I could go on and on and on because the, this kind of language I hear on a daily basis from people, what happens is your brain, as Craig said, then starts searching for all the reasons to validate what you believe. And this is where your language and living positively is so important because if you are constantly focusing on negative language, you will therefore create negativity in your life. Your wonderful brain that can work so beautifully for you, can work so negatively for you again and uh, on the same basis. So program into your Google search bar negativity. What it will find for you are reasons to validate this negativity program in positivity and what the output will be is positivity it's quite as simple as that so one of the first things that i teach people is listen to your language we need to start changing what we program into our brains yeah we always sort of say you know be careful what you say because you're always listening and um you know it's a common thing like paula says so many different statements that people make about themselves and they absolutely bully themselves into living a hindered life you know in essence so before we started this podcast we basically looked at the three biggest pains that there are with regards to living positively and employing your RAS in the right way and we, we come up with basically first of all people are not aware that they are actually pre-programmed to be negative um they also don't know how to be positive. It's okay sort of saying, you know, as we many of the things that we, we say on the Conquer Food program, we say it's quite easy to say, quite hard to implement. Uh, hopefully we'll, we will make that process of, of implementation a lot easier. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about, you know, how you can, how you can start to live positively. And it, and it can be the slightest, slightest change of the things that you do. And then the other thing is that people are not always ready to start to live positively, you know, positively. Um, so it's like they need some kind of permission. So at the end of this, we will give you permission to start living positively. So they're the three sections I want to I want to kind of work within. Um, so first of all, Paula, how you know on a on a scale of one to ten, maybe that's not the right scale, but on a scale of one to ten, when people first arrive on the Conquer Food program, how aware are they of of living in a negative mindset and? Um, do they, you know, how do they receive, you know, you sit down for your first session, go, right guys, first session, conquer food, not that you talk like this, but you know, <laughs> uh, and we're going to talk about being happy and, you know, what, what, how does it, how is that received? It's a really difficult one actually, Craig, because it's received, you know, differently. Some people, uh, most people, and I mean, I really do mean most people, 99% of people are living negatively. Some people um, are aware that they're living negatively, but actually think it's okay. Mm-hmm. They, they, they don't. What would really... you mean? What's an example? Um, well, not not person, but you know. What you're about. Well, people will often say to me, "Oh, I'm really negative. I've always been really negative. <laughs> My mum's really negative." You just accept it. Just accept it. It's 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 how they are because I don't believe that they understand the impact that that negativity actually has on their life. Mm. Um, 
And I suppose if lots of other people are negative around you, it's just part of, you know, we just want to belong as human beings. You know, we often just want to belong. That's why if you get on a bus sometimes and there's only one other person in the bus, you'll sit quite close because, you know, we are herding. We tend to live in herds and all this kind of stuff. And, and I suppose if you stand out, then you become very vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, most people are a bit resistant. Um, because it, it takes it takes work, you know. Negativity is learned behaviour, and sometimes these kind of behaviours and habits are, are, are ingrained over years and years and years and years. And then you're telling somebody, um, well, you know, it's as easy as changing the way you think, changing your mindset, believing that good things can happen to you. People are so resistant to that; they don't believe that they're worthy of them, that they deserve good things to happen to them. Um, and so it's a, a really exciting process, but can be a really long process full of, you know, lots of resistances. And people are negative for all sorts of, of reasons. Fears, a big one that holds people back. You know, they're afraid to go out there and, and, and be what they want to be. What happens if it fails? What do I do then? So, you know, I meet with a lot of resistance. Very rarely do I meet with excitement initially. Yeah. You know, people come to camp, they come to the Conquer Food Programme and they focus on losing weight. And they truly believe that when they lose weight, everything's going to be fine. Um, but if you don't change your mindset, weight tends to just go back on because nothing changes without change. And everything revolves around the way we think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, even it'd be very easy in the, on the Concrete Programme to get really down about the training, you know what I mean? You kind of think, oh, I'm being bullied here into eating stuff I don't want to eat, it doesn't taste as nice as chocolate and sugar and all this kind of stuff. I'm not one for exercise. All the time. Yeah, yeah, it happens all the time. And then, you know, if unless you've got a positive mindset, you will see it all as negative and you will resist it. You really will resist it. Um, okay, so, you know, when we when we talk about, like, people not being aware of it, uh, the other thing is, you know, you, you just kind of got to look at how we spend a lot of our time. You know, we've got it, gossip magazines, news... Um, you know, newspapers, the media, social media, and all this kind of stuff, and how much of that is actually positive? Very, very little. Uh, and actually, stuff that is positive, we then put a negative spin on it. You know, someone posts a picture, this is me by my swim up bar in the, the Mauritius, and you're like, ah, pretty looking, you know what I mean? And you, be, you start, you become very negative about things that other people post that is meant to be a positive post, you know? So, uh, Paula, what, what about? like a national thing as well do you think as Brits we're naturally programmed to be to be negative I, I think we're programmed to be perfect or, or we're expected to be perfect and, and I don't believe that it's a double-edged sword because I believe that everybody is perfect in their imperfection and yeah. I'll leave that to people to, 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 to take what they want from that but nobody's perfect because what is perfect it changes with everyone else everyone's perception but i see so many young men and well women and and men who are beautiful in their their own right and believe that their hair has got to be perfect their makeup's got to be perfect their trousers has got to be perfect everything is so about perfection and, and being wonderful and we've become so disconnected and so responsive to external factors that our happiness is based on 
what other people think. Does that make, does yeah, that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And I think as a, as a culturally, especially in Western culture and Western society, it's, it's a massive thing and it's causing a lot of anxiety and stress for a lot of, a lot of people. Um, you're never going to be happy if you're basing your happiness on, on what other people think. And again, it's another thing that we try and yeah, well, I mean, if, if we kind of just talk about where, you know, because there's a great book actually called Zebras, um, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. I don't know who the author is, but it's, a, it's an incredible book and it talks about why, you know, a lot of wild animals don't get ulcers, they don't get stressed. Um, and they don't get stressed because they don't really have the ability to compare, uh, unlike human beings, you know. What happened in our evolution was, in, in, in basic terms, we are pretty crap animals. You know what I mean? We're pretty vulnerable most animals can take us on. You know, even the smallest mosquito can just eradicate thousands of people, you know, with a, with a, a small proboscis. You know what I mean? It can just give spread disease like that. We're pretty crap. We don't have much armor. We don't have sharp teeth. We don't have particularly long talons. You know, we don't have the camouflage. We're not particularly fast or strong or anything like that. And, and negativity, you know, looking out for things that was that weren't right. Um, protected us in the past, you know, protected us when we first evolved. Um, so we're pre-wired to sort of look for things that are either going to kill us, eat us, chase us, you know, bite us, sting us or whatever. Um, so we like we like to look out for, for, for danger and, and all that kind of stuff. What compounded that was as, as well was when we, we started to live uh, in small communities, um, we're going to talk about a lot about this when we, we go on about some of the theory of the nutrition and all that kind of stuff. But in essence, in our evolution, what happened is, you know, we used to be very nomadic. We, we'd sort of travel around and we would, you know, we would hunt, hunt and gather and, and persistently hunt prey and all this kind of stuff. And then, and then somebody, some sort of revolutionary caveman, was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop! Everyone, stop moving! Everyone, stop walking around!" Why don't we just grow some plants here and, and start keeping a few cows here? And then we don't have to keep moving, you know? And this was the start of, of modern-day society. Um, so what we did is we, we kind of started farming. We started planting crops and all this kind of stuff. Then what happened, because we were staying in one place, is we thought, right, well, if we're staying in one place, we might as well make ourselves comfortable and we might as well start, you know, building a little hut. Might as well get a little hut. So we, we built a little shelter. And as we built our little shelter, and perhaps we put a little window in there and a little door, our, you know, Paula and Craig caveman would look through the window at the neighbour's hut and go, mm, you know what, they've, they've made theirs a little bit bigger. And and they've put a little fence around theirs. And we started to compare hut for hut, you know. And then we started to compare other possessions for other people against other people's possessions. And we, you know, this comparison started this whole... Way, you know, of looking negatively or thinking like we, we don't really, we're not really as good as we could be. As well as that, we then started to worry because all our crops were now in one place. And so what happened if the rain didn't come? What happened if there was a big bushfire and we lost all our crops? And we started to think like this and then we started going, right, well, if that's the case, we, now what we need to do is we need to create a, you know, a, a store of water in case, just in case the rains don't come. We need to create a little fence or a wall in case there's a fire. You know, and we really started to worry. Um, and we brought all this through evolution, you know, and actually it's compounded because of modern day life. Um, so it's quite interesting how we, 
actually develop this ability to worry and to compare and why lots of other animals don't have it. An example, a zebra, for example, it doesn't really worry about a lion jumping through the grass and biting its face off because, you know, it just worries about eating grass. And then if a lion turns up, well, then it deals with that then. It cannot sort of project its thoughts into the future and think, what if, what if, what if? You know, it just does what's in the moment. Paul, I know you're going to talk lots about mindfulness and being present in the future, um, but that is, you know, the first little indicator really of why it's why it's important. Okay, so we, we talked a bit about that, about what Raz is and about what being positive is. Obviously, the fir- first big pain is people just not aware that they live, neg- live negatively. Um, another, another problem they have is they don't really know how. Uh, so if we were to give like three or four tips, really easy ways to start living positively, what, what would your suggestions be? Um, the first one is to try and live consciously. And that sounds like a really difficult thing to do, but actually it's not. It's just becoming aware of your language. Become aware of what you're thinking. Um, now there's, there's millions of, of little ways to do this. There's even, even apps that you can that you can get that um, set an alarm um, for mindfulness so that it can go off every hour and at that point you, you notice what you're thinking and you write it down. Um, just become aware of your language is, is the first thing that I would say. Try and, and live in the moment, just like animals do and, and all people, because there's there's nobody that you will find um, who lives a good, positive, balanced life who isn't aware of their language. Um, because once you become aware of it, then you can start changing it. That's 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 the only thing, the reason that we find it so difficult, because we're not aware. You know, most of the things we do are reactive. Mm. Become become your language, become who you are in, in the moment, and you will start seeing um, yourself in a, in a different light. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of a little bit of coaching I did with a, a lady that came to camp once. Um, I won't share her name, but she was a very good sport, good athlete in her, in her own sport. And, um, she wanted a little one-to-one coaching session. So we, we, you know, we got, we got chatting away and I sort of said, you know, what's the focus of this session to be and all this kind of stuff. And she said, look, I basically, I've got an amazing life. I, I travel around, I drive a Porsche. I've got an amazing husband. Um, I do what I love and I get, I get to travel the world doing what I love and all this kind of stuff. And, but I just want to be happy, you know? All I was thinking, and I'm just not happy. So what I did was I said, look, you know, she, oh, by the way, she came from a, uh, Malaysia. And um, and I said, you know, since you've been in the UK, have you have you done any bird watching? And she was like, what, what are you talking about? You're free. You know what I mean? You could see that she was confused, which is good because we just want people to think. And um, she was like, no, no, I haven't. And and for me, when I was growing up, I always had a keen interest in, in birds and animals and all this kind of stuff. And and I said to her, I said, oh, right, that's, um, that's, that's interesting. I said, have you, since you've been in the UK, have you seen an osprey? And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, why don't you know? And she says, well, I don't know what an osprey looks like. And my, my point there is, you know, we all know that an osprey is quite a rare bird and chances are you haven't seen it. But they are out there, you know. Um, but you need the ability to recognise it in order to know whether you've seen one or not. You need the ability to recognise positive moments, positive thoughts, positive language, positive events in order to know 
whether you've seen it or not, you know? And Absolutely. And one, one of the easiest and most powerful ways of feeling positivity um, in, in seconds is expressing gratitude. One of the first things that I try and teach people when we're, we're learning positivity is to express gratitude. It's not possible to feel negativity when you're expressing gratitude. And actually, I've got somebody at the moment who's very new onto the Conquer Food program, who every time she starts to feel anxiety, because that's one of her issues, she expresses gratitude. So she has a notebook that she takes around with her. We have agreed that she can't stop in the middle of a burpee to do it. <laughs> so when she's training, she can't. But any other time, she has a notebook. As soon as she becomes aware that her her state is changing, that she's being negative, then she writes gratitude as many things as she can think of try it try it now if you if you can um and you can't help but start to feel happy yeah I when mean, you you can't you yeah. can't be angry and grateful no. you can't be confused and grateful you can't be frustrated and grateful you, it's just you're unable to to do that you know so you're whacking a big slice of gratefulness in into what you're it's, doing it's a a massive thing and you know even google expressing gratitude there's so much written on such a basic wonderful thing start appreciating what we have in our wonderful lives rather than you know always looking for something else and again because we don't live consciously because we spend so much of our time um worrying almost or or thinking about the past why (laughs) it's done it's finished or worrying about what's going to happen in the future. We miss what's happening now. And this moment now is the only powerful moment you have. This moment now is the only moment that matters. So we need to, to live it in a good, positive way. And expressing gratitude is my number one on on a list of tools to help change yeah. um, the way you think. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, going back to the, the lady I was talking about with the Osprey, um, it's similar to sort of buying, you know, buying a new car. Uh, when you buy a new car, I'm going to have this one because there's not a lot of these pink Bentleys kicking around, okay? But then when you buy the car, you start to notice all the, the pink Bentleys. Well, that's probably the wrong example. But, you know, they, they've always been there. It's just they've not been in your awareness. And it's the same with your with your like, positive events. You know, you're trying to tell me that, Whilst your body's, your subconscious mind is receiving over 2 million bits of information, there's no positive bits of information there. There's just got to be, you know, mm-hmm. there's got to be. It's just you're not aware of it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and another thing, um, sorry, I keep, I'm going to keep pulling no, the no, impact to expressing great. gratitude, you know, and I'm using the example that Craig said. So all we've wanted forever and ever is our pink Bentley. And all of a sudden we get our pink Bentley and we feel euphoria. Yes, we've got it. I've always wanted this. This is wonderful. How long does that last? Before all of a sudden the pink Bentley isn't serving you in the way that you thought it would. You thought your pink Bentley was going to change everything and make you feel really happy. Because then what you're doing is you're looking to the future. The pink Bentley almost isn't giving you what you need anymore and you're, you're thinking about what else you're going to have. Because when you get this other thing, this is definitely going to make you happy for a long period of time. What gratitude does is it brings you back to enjoying your pink Bentley how wonderful it is, bring it into the moment and enjoy it and then you will get everything that you ever wanted from your your Bentley. Um, it's actually very simple. Yeah, no, um, it, is, it is, you know, but don't don't think for a minute that just because this is simple that it's not powerful because it is incredibly powerful. That, that's why it's but, powerful. But not easy. It might be simple in yeah. theory, but 
sometimes it can be tough in in practice. I mean, you know, we we were challenged quite a few times by a relative of mine um, who, who used to say to us, "If you two are so bloody positive all the time, and you two are so bloody up on this mindset work and all that, why is your life not bloody perfect?" And Paul's answer straight away would be, "Well, that's a perception thing. You know, my my life is perfect. Um, yes, there is crap." Because everybody has crap. You know, life is the thing that gets in the way when you're wanting to live perfectly. Um, life happens and some events you can't really change. Um, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you're not living positively. No, li- living living positively for me is, and, and I say this to everyone, and I don't know whether I'm allowed to swear on a podcast, but I'm going to say shit happens because it does. And, and we, our life is full of ups and downs. But what we want is we want to create bigger and longer ups then downs and and often if you think about your life you can look back and think oh you know I was really happy then but then you know it went down and maybe you had had longer periods of being down than you did up so in teaching and learning positivity what it does is it gives us the tools to pull ourselves back up when we feel our mood or our state starting to change so in effect our our ups are a lot longer than, than our downs and when we start to go down which we will because mm-hmm. that's human nature we're human beings and we have to experience balance you know you can't have a perfect life where you're happy every minute of the day but the key is to be able to create happiness when you feel that it's slipping slipping away from your life i often wake up and, and struggle i have a, a predisposition because um, i suffer from bipolar disorder a predisposition to 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 being negative and it's why I've practiced all the things that I practice. Whereas before I would spend months, now I spend hours. I spend hours feeling bad. And I have all the tools in my basket to to change my state from um, a negative one to, to a positive one. And I, I truly believe that when you master the art of positivity, when you master the art of happiness, it's the most wonderful gift that you can give to yourself. Yeah. But I mean, it does stand out, doesn't it? I mean... What we're talking about here is going against the grain, you know. Yeah. Um, we're not taught it. No, I know. I know we're not taught it, but society, you know, society is sort of going one direction, like with this neg- ne- negativity. And what we're asking you to do is to go in a different direction, and you will stand out. You know, it can be a little bit nerve wracking sometimes. Um, so, and, and for that reason, like some people are not quite ready to do it. What would what would you say to the people that are not quite ready to change or don't quite get it or you know it's very difficult to know what to say to to people that are not quite ready because they're not aware that they're not quite ready and and they're they're stuck in this resistance so actually there is nothing you can do you know people are responsible for their own thoughts their own actions and their own life um and so i can talk to them blue in the face to people about you know what they can do to make their life better but that choice and that decision is is up to them and so i think that's a really tough question because what can you do to somebody and, and often often people are not aware that they're not ready yeah yeah i mean you know, you're right i mean all, all change revolves around awareness and yeah so our, our, our big tip i suppose from this podcast is just start you know like Paula said, become aware of the things that you are saying. Become aware of the things that you are picking up on. 
you know, and they're, they're going to be slanted either negatively or positively. And, and if it's, you know, whatever it is, that's fine. You're now aware of how you're living and, and you can start to change it. Yeah. Um, I mean, ask yourself a question. What do you actually want? What do you want? Because one of the first things I ask people is, is just that. What do you want? And most people will say happiness. I want to be happy. Well, you can have that right now. You can have that happiness right now if you choose to. It's just, it, it really is. It's within you all the time. The other thing is, I don't know. Well, how do you know where you're going? How are you going to get there if you don't know where you're going? So what do you want? Ask yourself that question. In fact, ask yourself that question right now. What do you want? Where mm. do you want to be? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great question. And, and you're right. You know, if we were to, if we were to close our eyes, cover our eyes and start walking, chances are we're not going to end up on some beautiful beach. You know, if we, if we set our target on a beautiful beach and start walking, chances are we're going to end up there, like, you know what I mean? Give a, give a take. So, um, okay, so we're coming to... Can I just minutes. add one more thing with that, if we're... If we're sorry, yeah, yeah, I'm not allowed to do this, because, you know, this is, this is how you know whether you're ready. So ask yourself what you want. Um, and, and an example for me, I'm going to use myself as an example just to explain. I've always wanted a sugar rehab. So I've this Conquer Food program and, and a sugar rehab to help people that struggle with sugar. Now... In order to have my sugar rehab, I have to do what I call align my consciousness with being somebody who can own a sugar rehab. And in order to do that, I have to be somebody who's grasped sugar, who doesn't have sugar in her life anymore, so that I can teach that to people. So what I then have to ask is, am I prepared to do and make the changes that I need to make in order to be able to have what I need. Because what happens with so many people is they know in some respects where they want to go, but they're not prepared or they're unwilling to look at what they need to do in order to get to where they want to be. And then that's Does compounded that because they're not, make, they're not then yes, willing to make the change. Make, and so sometimes you do know what you want, but you don't understand what you need to do in order to make the changes to get to where you want to be. Um, and that's a massive thing, and that's where I find resistance. And, and one of the things is with the Conquer Food program, we come, we get people come to us who all they've done is eat, eaten junk food. They know they want to be thinner, and they want to get rid of all their old habits, but they're not prepared to eat the food that will help them get there. So there's massive resistance. So it's those kind of things as well. So ask yourself what you want, and, and also... What do you need to do in order to get there? In fact, Craig, you've got a really good three-point thing that Have you I? talk about with this, yes, which I forget all the time. <laughs> so that's why I'm throwing it over to you. But yeah. which is okay? Yeah, you know, it really is a three-step, really simple process for getting everything you want. All right. So whatever your goal is, um, this is the way to do it. It starts off by being laser clear on on what you want. Okay, you need to know what you want. Um, you need to know how to get there. Sometimes there's a break in knowledge or whatever there, um, but someone will know, you know, and if you're struggling to do something, chances are it's because you don't know, there's something you don't know yet. Um, so you've got to keep going on that quest to find the answer. If it's weight loss, keep listening to these podcasts, you know, because we're going to give you the answer. The last one is you've got to be willing to pay the price because there always will be a price for, you know, for, for some kind of result. 
You know what I mean? There's got to be some kind of of exchange of energy or exchange of action or whatever in order for you to achieve something. Um, you know, you, you cannot steer a parked car. If the, if the car is stationary, you're not going to get anywhere. So you've got to get moving. You've got to be willing um, to pay the price. And, and we kind of see it all the time, you know. Uh, just a, a real-time example of this, I went to talk to an old friend um, the other day and his, his mum's going to go in for bariatric surgery. And they've sort of said to her, right, okay, in order to get this... In order to qualify for this surgery, you need to get a bit of weight off you, which I find just like completely ironic that in order to have weight loss surgery, you've got to lose weight. And then, so they gave her a food plan, um, which was nothing, you know, there's no rocket science behind it. It was like, you know, salad for dinner, salad for tea, cut down on your, on your sugary foods. Funny old thing, in the first week, lost nine pounds. You know, why not just eat like that until you're happy with your weight? You know what I mean? It's a very, it's a very simple price to pay. These things are not rocket science. No, but what it boils down to then, if you if you take off another layer of the onion, is it's very difficult to make those decisions and make the right choices for yourself when you're coming from a negative mindset. Yeah. And that's where your mindset comes in, and actually that's where what you're programming into your RAS comes in, because if you are if you have a positive mindset around something and you're living positively, those choices become so much easier to make. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little tip now on how you can get started living positively. Uh, Paula, have a little think because we need a little afterburner from you, some little nugget of knowledge. Um, the thing I'm going to say is quite often we, when we look at all these changes, the, the idea of implementing these changes to the whole of your life for the rest of your life seems like a pretty, pretty big thing um, to bite off and chew, okay? Now, what I'm going to say is, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? What I suggest you do your living positively is set the alarm, set the countdown on your watch for an hour and just work on living positively for one hour. Something that you can just bite off and chew quite easily and it's not overwhelming. Just live for one hour. When the alarm goes off, just go for another hour if you want to. You know, and when the alarm goes off then, go for another hour. And before you know it, you'll have done a couple of days. You know, so um, so that's my big tip on, on eating positively. Eating positively? Thinking positively. Um, but you can use it for eating clean. Paula and I do a little bit of intermittent fasting right now. And sometimes that's the the process we use, you know, and when hunger really hits. Um, you know, just for an hour. We just go for an hour, an hour, an hour, you know, and just keep working through like that. And it just makes things a lot less overwhelming. Um, so Paula, we've come to the end of this this first uh, or this week's podcast. What what is your little afterburner, your little nugget okay. for everyone to take? My away? little afterburner is go to the bottom drawer or that cupboard that you've got that everything's been shoved in, and find a notebook and call this your gratitude journal. From today onwards, start. Practicing gratitude. Bring gratitude into your life. Now, how I, I do it as half of the course now, in fact, when I snuggle down into my pillow of a night time, I will say, thank you, universe, for, and say all the things that I'm grateful for. Um, so, like, like what? Give us an example. Come on, let's go. Okay, so what am I grateful for right now? I'm grateful for my husband because I love him. He drives mm -hmm. me nuts, but I am grateful for him. I'm grateful for my business. I'm grateful for all my clients. I could keep going on. I'm grateful that I was blessed to understand positivity and to be able to pass it on and teach it to other people. 
could just go on forever. Yeah, so what about, like, they're, they're very big things. But I'm grateful for things. my new shoes. I'm grateful for my um, family party that I'm going to tonight. And I've got a new outfit to wear. You know, I'm grateful for everything that's in my in my life at the minute. I'm grateful for that wonderful hotel that we stayed in a couple of nights ago. It was really nice. It's given me some ideas for wilderness camp. You know, there's beautiful things in your life everywhere, every day, if you choose to see them. So my thing, my top tip, because gratitude was the beginning of, of me changing my life, start expressing gratitude. Look around you now. Think about all the wonderful things you have in your life and do it on a daily basis so that it becomes a habit. Because when you express gratitude, you are sending out positivity. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay, so in the next... Um in, in the next podcast, we're going to talk a lot about self-esteem. Um, we're going to talk about how people, human human nature to love pity, how it's addictive. Um, we're going to talk about uh, the, the way that you know people quite often fail to value themselves. They don't really value who they are as a person and their unique abilities and all this kind of stuff. Um, and they don't know what um, what what makes sort of what makes self-esteem, you know, where you get kind of self-esteem from. And then as always, we're going to give a few tips uh, on how you can start to build self-esteem and continue this thread of positivity. So until the next podcast, um, goodbye from me. Bye-bye. And bye from Paul. Okay, take care. It doesn't make us strong. It doesn't make us weak. Tongue tied to service like shark creek.